0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi
1: takes everybody up. Messi has got it!
0: From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. Golden Goal. Soccer Stars and the Moments That Made Them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Baker Mayfield, undraftable off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What a, what a beautiful throw by the Baker. Victor hasta la vista baby.
1: Welcome everybody to this week's edition of the OBR Film Breakdown, where it has been deemed Baker Mayfield Day by ESPN, uh, you know, a couple of different pieces by Matt Bowen and Bill Barnwell that we will discuss here on this podcast, as well as discuss uh, another piece coming out on Pro Football Network, and we have their analyst here with us to chat about Baker and the on-field play, the optics, all of it, you know, just to... Uh, you know, do this for the I think the 75th time this offseason. We're going to chat about Baker Mayfield, but you know, it is what it is. We will, we will keep plugging forward and hopefully get some new content on Baker in a month, but there are some important things I think that, I, that still need to be sort of flushed out here uh, about where he is going into year three. So before we get there, though, I want to thank our presenting sponsor on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and that is betonline.ag. A welcome bonus offering from them using that promo code BLUEWIRE. You're hopefully hearing me talk about them every day on the OBR uh, Newswire podcast. If not, that's okay. We'll talk about them here. They have great things going um, as sports kick back up. Looks like, at this point, we have sports on the docket in July. Haven't been canceled yet, so if you want to gamble on those activities, go ahead and do so. And the best place to do it is at betonline.ag where they're going to give you a fantastic welcome bonus that releases quickly, which is different from many of the competitors in the market. You can use that, make some money, um, you know, enjoy sports again because hopefully you know, we took those things for granted. I know I did. You know, you always thought no matter how tough life gets personally or how great life is personally, you're going to get baseball, basketball, football and hockey and soccer and all of it. Well, that's not the case necessarily. So. Uh, I'm excited to see them back. Hopefully you are, too, and hopefully you can put some money in your pocket. Go to betonline.ag, use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, get that welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, our online wager experts. Um, so I'm going to welcome in Sam Penix, who is of uh, the freshly um, started, which I am excited for them. I think they're going to do great stuff at Pro Football Network's Browns. Uh, I think it's probably just Pro Football Network Browns division. They've got many teams that are coming um, with their Browns group I really like a lot with Corey Cannon. Obviously, Jeff Lloyd, good friend of mine, good friend of this podcast, is leading it. Sam, how are you, man?
2: I am doing well. How are you, Jake?
1: I'm good, buddy. I can't complain. We're recording this late on Thursday night for a Friday release, and um, we've been trying to get with Sam for most of the evening. My son had other plans, uh, as as little kids will will do sometimes when they're not sleeping all too well. So we're gonna link up here and we're gonna talk about Sam's article that's coming out in 40 minutes. It'll be Uh, at your fingertips here on Friday when you listen to this podcast and it is I believe if you didn't lie to me Sam 3,000 words of Baker Mayfield review if you follow Sam's Twitter feed you see that he is not just going through the season for Baker Uh, he's gone through the season for several different players on the roster and new acquisitions Austin Hooper Jack Conklin Um, if you have not been paying attention to those I recommend you do so good good information and uh, good clips to back that stuff up that's a lot of the stuff I like to do, so I've always enjoyed watching um, you know, what Sam's posting and I, I wanna get your opinion, Sam. Like you wrote a lot about Baker. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe you had an idea of the Barnwell and Bowen stuff was coming. Uh, maybe you didn't. I had no idea it was coming. Um, you, you spent a lot of time on him. Like you read those guys' pieces today and um, you know, maybe it sways some of your stuff, maybe it doesn't. I I'm just curious what you discovered your your results don't give away your whole article necessarily but just maybe just tell the folks what they can read in your piece and sort of where you're sitting with baker going into your three
2: yeah so i'm I'm reading barnwell's piece this morning i'm like wait a minute this is my article what's what's going on here (laughs) so it was a lot of similar things um that i I had covered the night before two nights before whatever it was um, when i was writing and you know it's just going through his season um kind of you know, getting all the emotion out of it, just taking an objective view now that we're not, you know, in the heat of things, you know, it's, it's a new regime, new, new season, new everything. And just taking, taking a a, a bigger picture, look at things. It was not nearly as bad as I remembered it was. And um, I was, I was very encouraged by what I saw and, you know, based on everything that the team has done, the players it's, it's brought in, uh, that the scheme changes going on. I, I'm very encouraged um, and optimistic for what's, what Baker's going to do in 2020 and moving forward.
1: Yeah, so, like, I mean, did you leave um, concern? Did you leave, like, feeling – I guess – so you, you go through the season and people bag on Baker and they talk about 21 interceptions, this, that, and the other um, – but I'm just sort of curious what your takeaway is on the mistakes. Like, what do you think about his inability as a dropback passer? Because Dan Orlovsky's recent note about his inability, 27 of 35 interceptions have been in dropback situations. Like, what do you see, Sam, like as things that are going to cause him issues moving forward at all? Like, do you see things or do you feel like um I'm trying to think of the best way to put this? There's this this narrative that's being formed that he has to have this certain rigid structure, and I have you know, I have an opinion on this, but I'm curious what your opinion is of this. Like, does he have to operate within a structure, or can he do more things than maybe the data is telling us?
2: Well, I feel like if he if he needs everything to be perfect around him, then he should have gone number one. He shouldn't have been anywhere uh, near that conversation. So I think what we saw from from him last year kind of disproves that. You know he made he made a lot of plays. Um, you know, off schedule, uh, out of the pocket. You, you know, even this year, he was, was I think, a, a top five graded quarterback under pressure, according to Pro Football Focus. So there are things that he does, you know, you know maybe people outside looking in, you know, casually, they see a few plays and they, they form an opinion of him doing this one thing well or poorly. Um, and maybe it's not, you know, representative of, of him as a whole. So there are definitely things that he he is not good at right now, or he wasn't good at last year, um, and he needs to improve upon those, or else you know it's going to be another tough season. Um, one one area would be his his pocket presence. Um, I know we we talked a bit little bit about him, him bailing from pockets early in the season. Um, that really wasn't as much of an issue as I remembered it being, but it's still it's still an issue for him. Um, just Dropping back, staying in the pocket, and making throws within the pocket—it's um, obviously something that, as an NFL starter, you have to be able to do effectively, or else, you know, like that—that's that's about that's what playing quarterback is—you know, dropping back and throwing the ball, you know, first, second read, whatever. But we've—I think it's—it's it's such a weird situation because. We saw him do this in 2018, and he did it a lot in 2019, but it's the place where he didn't that you know, kind of makes you think, well, what's going on here? And I, I cover this a lot in my article. There's there's a lot more. I, I break it down, you know, what went wrong and what went right. There's a lot more that went wrong um, for him in 2019, but a lot of the the specific points in that section were not, you know, specific of him. Um, there's a lot of, you know, his, his what his teammates are doing, what his coaching staff is, is doing or not doing for him. So I always go back to that, that Bill Belichick quote where he said, you know, good players cannot overcome bad coaching. And I think we've seen Baker prove that he's a good player. And I don't think anyone is going to argue that he did not receive bad coaching last year. So I think if we're assuming that this new regime can even be league average, then... Mayfield should be able to get, you know, hopefully, at least back to where he was as a rookie, if not even better. And I think, based on what I've seen, what I've read, what I'm hearing, I'm expecting him to make a big leap forward next year.
1: So the thing that has fascinated me is, and you talk about you talk about coaching and some of those factors and, and uh, you know, how it ties into Freddie Kitchens and, and Baker, like being able to overcome them and, and you know, like the, 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 the season was built up, like, I've analyzed this so many times in my head, there's not a doubt in my mind that Baker did not prepare well. I just, like, I haven't heard that from people in the building, I'm not going on here saying like I've, I confirmed it, I, I just think that the eye test would tell you that I didn't feel like, and Baker has made some little comments here and there that I don't think he worked hard enough in the offseason, and I finally think he felt like he made it, if that made sense. Like, he finally felt like the doubt was gone. I'm like the dude. Like, I'm the guy now. Like, I have this great rookie season. I've overcome everything. I've overcome not being drafted to being maybe drafted to now being in the maybe a first-round, late first-round guy. All of a sudden, he's a first-round pick, has this great rookie season to shut everyone up, and he's like, this is going to come easy to me. And and there's a level of that in which the whole Browns team bought into that vibe and it was it was thrust upon them really really thrust upon them when Odell Beckham arrived because he's a hype machine I'm like i got to think he's really unrivaled like in terms of of sheer and maybe there's some other franchises that have this but even maybe Lamar Pat I, I don't know i don't know but i've never seen in the football world anything quite like the the hype that follows Odell Beckham and like there were these 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 great fantastic plans of what what it was going to look like and it never quite came to fruition and I think everybody started to press like everybody started to press and that followed Baker and that followed everybody around him and he, they, they I think you sit in that team room Sam and you're watching film and you're preparing and saying why can't we score what is the problem Like, and I've been a part of offenses like that in my life where it's like this doesn't make sense and it's just like there's little things that aren't clicking whether it's you know, Barnwell noted, and maybe you're going to note too in your article, like this lack of a slant route, like that bread-and-butter route that works so well for Eli and and Odell just didn't find a way of turning into success in Cleveland. Like, there's just little things like that. And I think the Browns' offense and Freddie were just continually trying to figure out what to do, and they had no identity. Even though they had the ability to run the football in the same fashion that Kevin is going to run it, they were never able to layer plays, and I think that that matters. And I think there's some of that going on um, throughout the year that wears down Baker, and he feels like he has to do everything. And, uh, you know, when you're when you <laughs> when you're not seeing the field clearly, there's a tendency to bail. So, like, that is what is most interesting to me, is if you watch the Vikings last year, is they they always seem to have cohesion. They always seem to know where everyone was supposed to be for the most part. And even if the talent wasn't as good individually, person-to-person, as it will be in Cleveland, there was that mysterious cohesion thing that was going on there. And a lot of what they were able to do was uh, when they had to throw the football, and really Mike Zimmer didn't want to throw it a ton, but when they had to and they were allowed to, um, very short drops, very compact pockets. Like my question for you, Sam, is like is that something Baker's able to do for you? Like is he – Is he able to sit in on a quick three-step drop? Because I think the Vikings had the third most shallow depth of drop in the league last year is something I've gathered. It's very tight. Tackles are running ends up field. Kirk's making throws from congested pockets. That's an area of concern for Baker. I think he's going to do really well wide zone play action stuff. Like, There's not a doubt in my mind he can make all those throws. He can make them to all levels of the field. And do it pretty accurately, but it's like it's third and eight, you know, or it's third and eleven. Can he sit in tight pockets and make those throws? Like, do you have that confidence in him right now, or do you think there's still like ah, I gotta see it?
2: Well, I've seen him. I've seen him do it before. You know, there are plays from last year where he's he drops, he plants, and he throws, and it's an accurate ball for a first down. But too many times we see him from the pocket, and he's he gets pressured or even when there's no pressure and his mechanics just fall apart you know instead of stepping into his throw and driving with his hips his whole body he just he barely plants and then he just twists and contorts his lower body and he's just using all arm and he's not he's not pointing his his body he's not pointing his foot where he wants to throw the ball and it you know he he'll airmail the ball it'll be behind his his man and it's just you know, why is that happening? That didn't happen in 2018. It didn't happen at Oklahoma. You know, his his mechanics then were pristine, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was coaching. I'm not going to say that Ryan Lindley is a terrible coach. I have no idea if he's a good coach or not. Um, it was one year in, you know, everything was bad that year. So I don't, I'm not going to get get on top of him for that. But what's telling to me is that, like, as soon as Alex Van Pelt was hired as offensive coordinator, he started talking about, Hey, this is what I'm going to do to fix Baker's mechanics. We're going to switch which foot he starts with um, in his drop. And just seeing something that quickly and you know, that seems like such a simple thing. You know, you you're a second year, you know, first first overall pick quarterback in the NFL. You should know which which foot to start with in your drop. So it's it's little things like that where these should be happening. These should be you know over and done with by now, we should be moving on to bigger things and they still need, you know, a complete redo. So I've seen him do it well, but we've also seen him last year where everything just completely fell apart. And he didn't it's obvious he didn't trust his line. And frankly he had every right to to not trust his line. So hopefully rebuilding that line, um having Bill Callahan in there to To coach those guys up is going to make him feel more confident that he can stand in there plant and throw and not have to take a huge head that's maybe going to injure him um i think that was that was a concern a lot of us had with trading kevin seitler last year is that baker being a smaller quarterback he needs to be able to trust his interior line so that he can have confidence when he's in the pocket And he obviously did not have that last year, whether that was just losing Zeitler or if it was Hubbard playing a lot worse than he did in 2018. Whatever the case, um, that trust, that confidence was not there, and that needs to be there. And and I'm not saying that Baker needs a perfect offensive line to to function well, um, but it needs to be better than it was last year. And there has to be trust that he's not going to get his his leg destroyed if he plants and throws in the pocket.
1: Yeah, there's 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 a lot of those things right I just I, I don't know how to quite put it in I was doing a, a podcast with Stephen Thomas and it's like I don't quite know how to put it into perspective in terms of of a guy in an offense in general not quite knowing who they are and if you if you don't have a great feel for what your team is going to do situationally in terms of what play calls you can expect, and it feels like you're throwing darts against a dartboard, it becomes pretty rough to uh, to get a, f- a fundamental feel for how you're going to work through a drive and work through a game. And I just felt like that was going on far too frequently last year. So, like, for me, I think that's the biggest difference, is that all the factors around Baker are good. And this leads me to my big point, Sam, is, like, th- this is a good thing. Like, I think people are, like... I'm saying, like, too much because I'm trying to make sure I put this in the right frame of mind. I think people are trying to downplay the delivery of people around Baker Mayfield. Like, he, he has to have them, right? Like, he has to have all these weapons, and this, they, they feel like they have to do this to win. And while that's true on one hand, I'm going to write about this myself, maybe tonight, is I think we're forgetting the big picture here that quarterback play, again, is not always linear. And there's this weird preconceived notion that you have to look at a quarterback after three years and decide right then and there whether they're good or not, like whether they can do it or not going forward. It's this really weird thing. And, like, you can tie it into the salary cap changing and how the – like, to me, I was was looking at a couple different quarterbacks. Like, if you look at – Peyton Manning, he has a terrible rookie year. Kind of terrible, uneven. I mean, he's no more interceptions than touchdowns. Has a good second year and a really good third year. Then he takes a step back and has a has a season where um let me let me pull this up because I was talking earlier and it's like I think people are, are just way too quick on these decisions with quarterbacks. Like so Peyton goes 33 and 15 year three. Great year by all accounts. Then he goes 26 and 23. I mean, that's not a good year. That's pretty bad, and I would love to go back and that's, live in two thousand two. That's more
2: interceptions than Baker had.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would love huh, to go back to two thousand two and hear what people were saying about Peyton Manning, and even his next year, he has a twenty-seven and nineteen season. So it's like, you know, it's not great yet, and it's it's it's. But people weren't probably trying to push him out of Indianapolis at that point. And look at Ben. Like, okay, it's been well documented, but look at. Uh, Drew Brees. I mean, it takes Drew's four years into his career, five years into his career. He finally puts together a couple decent seasons, pretty good seasons in San Diego, but he doesn't become who he is until he goes and finds the right coach. Like he doesn't, he, and that's like people want to do this thing where they want to blame Baker for almost everything while not looking at the optics of this whole thing. And Ben Roethlisberger is another example. Um, if you look at Ben Roethlisberger, now you can say, "Well, Ben came into this situation differently, blah blah blah." I mean, Ben was a tenth pick; they had high expectations for him, and he goes his third year in the league, he has eighteen touchdowns and twenty-three interceptions. It's like the next year he goes thirty-two and eleven, but then he goes seventeen and fifteen after in two thousand eight. So it's like people just want they, I don't, I don't know, man. Like they see. They they we're in this age on Twitter where everybody has an opinion and they see this fantastic careers now that Drew and Tom and Peyton and all of these guys and even Ben who's had a, for all counts here a pretty great career is like they see all these results and, and they forget what it took for those guys to get there they don't remember the patience that Indianapolis had with Peyton at the beginning they don't until they found Tony Dungy they don't remember that Drew was iced out of his place and they got they drafted Philip Rivers to get rid of him. They don't remember that Tom Brady had to have a miracle a miracle hit. I think Brian Cox has to hit Drew Bledsoe just right to, to have that happen. It's like we we don't understand that it's not a perfect thing. Like, okay, Pat Mahomes, fantastic player. But is Pat Mahomes the same without Andy Reid? He, he arrives in a fantastic destination with the right coach, with the right skill set, and the right offense built for him. You know, everyone talks about – Russell Wilson, another name. Not, not taken high, but he arrives in a place with a fantastic defense right from the beginning, right? Fantastic defense right from the beginning, and Pete Carroll's a consistently good head coach in the NFL level. Like, you can argue some things about his top clock management, but he's got, he's got culture established, and Russell Wilson arrived in that culture, and they were good enough, right? And you keep going down the line and looking at these quarterbacks, and – it's just so rare to see them overcome like Baltimore drafts Lamar Jackson with an already stellar defense and a place that has had such great consistency. And going back to Ben, like Ben had has had two coaches his whole career. I think Pittsburgh's had three coaches in the last like forty years, more popes than coaches or something stupid like that. It's and you tweeted, Sam, about like, you know, Mitch Trubisky has the status quo over the next two years, he's a top five Bears quarterback of all time. I just don't understand. Where our patience has gone with quarterbacks. Like if Baker doesn't have two great years, and maybe he has two marginal years, maybe he has two like 20 and 14, 23 and, and 13 type seasons, you don't have to break the bank for him. You you can sign him to a perfectly fair deal and continue to let him grow. And the thing that is amazing to me is like you want obviously you want Baker to be able to overcome everything, but you're forgetting All of the things, man. Like, you're forgetting Hugh Jackson was his first coach, and and Baker arrived in a year where Hugh Jackson was by all accounts a lame duck. He arrives with Hugh, who wants to call his own offense, but Todd Haley's been forced upon him. He arrives. Todd Haley and Hugh are fired midseason. Freddie and him uh, form some rapport. All of a sudden, Freddie's the next head coach, and, like, people, like, (laughs) try to say, like, well, Baker picked him. And that's fine. You can say that. But Baker wasn't holding a gun to John Dorsey and Jimmy Haslam's head like that. That wasn't a thing. He he, they could have hired whoever they wanted to hire. My point is, like Baker took a team that had zero wins in sixteen games and one win in the last thirty-two, and that situation has had no stability. There's been zero stability. There's been zero leadership. And I get it; you want your first overall pick to be the guy that does that, but sometimes it's not as easy and it's not as quick as you want it to be. They won seven games. They won six games. They're winning football games with him. Now let him actually find stability in the front office and stability in the head coach who can guide him in the right direction. How many great quarterbacks, Sam, do you know, who have not had either a great defense or a great head coach or play caller tied to them? It all goes hand in hand. And Baker has not had that. So let's let him have that and then make a decision about who he is and stop acting like two years tells the entire story about this guy when he's had no stability, like zero stability. And maybe the Jets, maybe the Jets and Sam Darnold are the only ones close, but like, I can't think of an elite quarterback that's just been able to overcome coach after coach after coach and keep being good. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, but like he had Sherman, then he had McCarthy for a long time. So he's had some stability. But it's just like, dude, what what is the rush? Why can't we let him play his rookie deal and then maybe sign him to a pretty fair deal for both sides if he's not elite yet? And then maybe he actually becomes elite like all of these other guys over time. Yeah, he's
2: he's played twenty nine and a half games. There's just not a it's not a large enough sample size to make a decision on him yet. He's entering year three, like let's let's give him a little bit of time. And you know, Jack Duffin, and wrote you you a great don't have on, to have a, QB you, contracts,
1: but you don't have to have a decision even after this year. you you don't unless he's just right. absolutely terrible. like abysmal, terrible, then you have to have a decision probably. maybe. But even then you don't like let it play out. And maybe guys don't just go from like, I don't know, maybe seeing mahomes and and Watson and even Watson, they developed a perfect offense for Deshaun's talents. It's like let's let Baker play in an offense that's perfect for his talents. I don't know, man. I'm just like, I'm pretty frustrated by it. And and people are like everything has to be perfect. Well, yeah. Sometimes you do need to play in the perfect offense to be elite at the position.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's no there's no hurry to make a decision on him long term right now. You know, like like Jack Duffin said he, in his in his piece for the Dogland, just wait, accept the 50 year option, like exercise the 50 year option, and make your decision after five seasons. All you're doing right now, if you extend him after year three, is you're taking a big risk that could pay off, but the, the reward is only like, you know, you're saving maybe two, $2 three million dollars per year of the salary cap if if he ends up being good. If your quarterback, if you make that that big commitment, that big deal now, and he, he ends up being Mitch Trubisky, then you've screwed yourself over. So just, just sit back, wait, and make sure that you're doing everything possible to figure out if he's the guy or not and the browns are doing just that which which you know encourages me because they realize okay case keenum let's give him at least a little bit of competition let's light a fire under his butt let's let's get him motivated because it doesn't seem like he was motivated last year because he was he was given the keys of the kingdom he said do whatever you want you know pretty Kitchens told him to take a Take some time off from the game when, you know, he's a, he's a rookie quarterback, and he needs all that all the time in the film room, that he can get. Um, you know, they've they've improved the offensive line, they've given him more weapons, and they've they've signed they've hired a coach, who by all accounts seems to be the perfect fit for him. And not from a buddy buddy standpoint, but a scheme, and a stability, and a mentor a leader standpoint and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing and you know we've, we've already seen him take a take a, a good leadership stance this offseason both Stefanski and Mayfield and um, I, I just hope we, we continue to see that through the season as long as we have one
1: yeah I, I, I don't know the thing it's like the thing that bothers me more than anything is this need to have an answer so fast about all of these guys and I just don't think it has to be that way. I think you can ex- you can explore some patience and really try to build a football team around a quarterback that has the ability to carry him for a while, and then you get the most out of him, bring him along, and then he can eventually carry you. Like, that can be a thing. And I just don't – like, Seattle did it with, Lam- or with, with with Russ, and Pittsburgh did it way back with Ben. They carried them for a while – and let them develop and get comfortable find the right system scheme play caller and then it can work itself out but you you put these guys like Baker into the situation of just utter chaos right from the beginning and expect him to just overcome it and figure it out on the fly and it's 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 just unrealistic and people don't want to talk about that they just want to talk about his, his bailing pocket it's like there's so much more to it there is just so much more to it from both sides that and listen this is not me making excuses like i i wrote about it all year the guy did not have a good year and he made some terrible decisions but it's not a black and white thing and people want it to be that way there's so much great there's so much in between a that we don't know and these other factors that play into decision making for quarterbacks and teams and and, and we, we just want answers, like, instantaneously right now. And it's it's ruining people. Like, I even – I wouldn't give up on Mitch Trubisky yet. I, and I think people are, like, there. And I'm not there. Like, I would just keep trying to allow him to develop, hope your defense bounces back, and and see if he can get there. Give him a full five years to try to get there, man. It's I, – I don't know. It's, it's just this weird thing about wanting these guys to be defined players – really quickly in their career and it's like if we would have had that in the last 25 years think about the great quarterbacks that we would have missed out on uh, in this day and age so uh, that's my tangent man that's kind of my soapbox nonsense that I, I wanted to get out I'm not I'm not sure <laughs> I'm just I'm not sure
2: yeah it's 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 just ridiculous to me like I see I see a lot of people trying to compare them to Mahomes it's like okay number one Mahomes is like a football savage like you can't compare They're not even. they're not they're not comparable physically like just just end the discussion right there but two you can't even compare the situations either so you know we've already touched on that but it's like don't get mad at Baker because he didn't throw for 50 touchdowns in his first year as a full-time starter okay because there's no way he was gonna be able to if you if you took Pat Mahomes at the beginning of this season and put him in Cleveland he doesn't play anywhere near as well as he did this year there's just no chance no quarterback except maybe Aaron Rodgers I don't know could have succeeded in in that situation with the Browns it just wasn't happening because there was so much out of the quarterback's control and so much that was affecting him directly that he couldn't do anything about it's just you know I don't know what anyone expected and it's just I don't know looking back you know it's Obviously expectations were way too high at the beginning of the season and you know, warring signs were ignored, but there's nothing you can do about that now. And you have to you have to look at that for what it is and you have to understand all of the context surrounding Mayfield's performance. And you have to accept that, hey, he wasn't great last year, he wasn't as good as he was as a rookie, there are things that he needs to improve on. But also you have to and you know again this isn't making excuses for him but there were a lot of legitimate reasons for his regression that weren't his fault that's not saying that he wasn't at fault at all but there were a lot of things that hopefully we've we've been able to fix now and that you know we can we can kind of isolate isolate things to where it's just him and can he do it or not
1: I am with you. This has been a good conversation, kind of therapeutic for me um, to get some of these thoughts out that have been rattling around. So uh, guys, make sure you're you're, you're reading Sam's article uh, that will come out tomorrow and getting as many perspectives on this whole thing as you possibly can. And again, that's going to be at Pro Football Network. They have a Browns-specific uh, page now that um, that Sam's article will be up at, and it'll be, he'll retweet it, and I'll retweet it and all that good stuff. So Sam, thanks for taking some time tonight, buddy.
2: No, no problem. Thanks for having me on.
1: All right, guys, that's a wrap for today's episode. And um, hopefully you have uh, a great holiday weekend, right? It's the 4th of July. Hopefully everyone's staying safe and your family's staying safe, you're staying safe, all the above. And get out and enjoy the weather. It's going to be really warm. Maybe go to the pool, do all your fun activities you can while social distancing, keeping everybody in your life safe. Again, we appreciate you joining us. Until we talk next time, go Browns.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran.